<laughs> it's like one of those things what are they things called where you pull the string and he goes poo it's a surprise or whatever <laughs> you know what I mean a little popper like yeah those are like the least celebratory fireworks that have ever been made it's not a surprise or a celebration unless you can blow your fingers off yeah, that's true I like you know yeah <laughs> like like that time I tried throwing that black cat into the mailbox and blew my fingers to pop like like a fraction of an inch as it was leaving my hand to where the explosion was felt from my fingertips to my shoulder. <laughs> like, oh, God, oh, I'm yeah. dying. <coughs> I've blown myself up several times. And not just with firecrackers, no. No. Diesel fires, oil fires, impro- improvised explosive devices. Yeah, has anybody, anybody here ever been fully on fire Mark has. I'm here talking to a person who has been fully engulfed in the red no-no. In the red no-no. In all the no-no parts of fire. Yeah. (laughs) Take a hold of your man meat and squeeze it. (laughs) Just get in there with it. Roll it around. Kneading. You gotta let it rise. <laughs> oh no, it's yeast. <laughs> Bread in my pants. <laughs> oh no, don't do it. Uh, Just don't eat it afterwards. <laughs> Stop smelling your hand. Choice. It's like either my hand or my breath smells like old chains and cigarettes. <laughs> and I think it's, it's a combination of me scratching my yeasty balls. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I'm sweating through my basketball shorts, <laughs> and they're vented. There's a nice sauna haze coming from my lower thighs. I am the creamy finger bandage on your gangrenous heart. <laughs> I can't even deal with that. I can't even deal with that. All right, man. It already hurts. What hurts? We just started. My side, you bitch. Oh. My, it's my side. Stay on your side. Oh, no. No, don't no. kick at the thing. <laughs> I kick at the thing. I can't. You come to me, I kick at the thing. <laughs> All right. Bring me your children, I kick at the thing. I kick at the thing. You know this? I kick at the thing. <laughs> oh, God. Why am I covered in a patina of filth? <laughs> Just I coughed and I started sweating like... And my head sweat because I have a big freaking noggin, and then my back started sweating, and I got tinnitus, and I kept coughing, and I kept huffing. I was like, this is a stroke. And then my legs started sweating, now the tops of my feet are sweating, and I'm all uncouth and bent out of shape. Well, stop it, man. I don't think that's a, in the cards now. <laughs> I think this is a, this is called chronic chronic problem <laughs> yeah and we don't mean like the chronic we mean like it's gonna happen forever eventually <laughs> like every time I crack a beer I just sounds like emphysema <laughs> you don't get emphysema from drinking beer but I'm gonna I'm a pioneer <laughs> I, was in a, I got the sack of a colonial how did you get, how did you get emphysema I drank it I drank it I drank I drank myself into the night sweats and emphysema <laughs> Started as TV and just progressed from there. 
Yeah. Childish pranks to crime against nature. A natural progression. <laughs> a natural progression of crime crimes against nature. What is a crime against nature? I mean, I know bestiality, but I mean, like, <laughs> if you hit a tree... Is it, though? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's, I know it's a, technically a crime. It's but. always wrong if you do something to something that doesn't want that something, but you do it anyway. That's a crime. That is a crime. That actually sums up all crime. If you think about it, you take somebody's money, and they don't want you to take it. Well, that's theft. They have a name for all of it, but it's all the same well, thing. Well, right? It's really? A, you're breaking the law, asshole. That's right. You're, take, you're, doing, you're forcing something on something that doesn't want said something. So... I think BC out. Well, that it just definitely falls my brain it, into pudding. It falls under the heading, but I mean, crimes against nature makes me think of something silly, like Fern Gully. Like, don't cut the trees. It's a crime against nature, <laughs> but it's not. I went but way over with my yeah. explanation. No one's in the fairies, you know. They're well, maybe not. they are. Though. <laughs> just split them right now, because a fairy is little, and you're junk. Say it ain't. <laughs> so, I mean, compared to your your junk is fairy sized when you think about it. <laughs> it is. I know mine is. Most no, of the time. I'm not talking about size. I'm talking about like to scale. If a yeah. fairy is that yeah. big, their fairy is penis size. It is. So if you have a fairy sized penis, it doesn't mean it's small. It just means you can decimate a fairy with it. So, so think positive. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> What's the? How's that not right? <laughs> But back to crimes against nature. So it's not hitting an axe with a tree. <laughs> Definitely not cutting the grass. If they don't have any feelings, does it still matter? Yeah, because bestiality is still a crime. And well, it's I guess it's subjective. No, I mean I look at a duck, I don't see feelings, but I don't want to <laughs> force a duck to do anything a duck wouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> I eat this bread and this. <laughs> No, see, you can't tempt a duck with bread. Yeah, you can tempt a duck with bread, but not with anything else. <laughs> you, you can lead a, you can lead a you duck to bread, but you can't make him suck it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Man, is that true? Truth is what we're about That's here. That's it. That's funny. God, is that funny. <laughs> I don't know why it's funny. You got overalls on your hang-ons. I got hang-ons on my overalls. Yeah. I got drippings in me undies. That's bacon. <laughs> it is I'm bacon. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought something smelled aromatic and delicious. That's turkey bacon. It's no good. Oh, throw it out. You can it's in your jock strap. Well, Why are you wearing a jock strap and nothing else, by the way? <laughs> well, I figured, you know, for the inaugural episode. Inaugural. That's a good word. Inaugural episode. We're um, having a visitor. Are we? Yes. We are having a visitor. Right here. Right now. On the first episode, from the kitchen table to the streets. That's right. I don't know if it's Which we be. didn't even do an intro for this. But we probably yeah. should have. You can cut it in. We'll do one later. We'll do one. Can later. you cut it in? Oh, yeah. Totally. Then we can, you can cut this yeah. out. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're talking... You can talk cut about, this out. You shouldn't talk about post in presentation. Or does that matter? It doesn't matter. It's a crime against nature. It, it might be. It is. I think pretty much every... I can, I can fix the laws right now. Everything falls under one heading. Crimes against nature. That's right. Don't do anything. It's don't, against the law. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> it's illegal. That, what you're doing right now. Don't force anything 
on to anything that doesn't want said thing. That's right. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it still kind of freaks me out. It shouldn't. (laughs) I mean, unless it's a vegetable. Because vegetables don't have any feelings. No, they really don't. But they communicate, I think. Well, I mean, you feel a vegetable, but the vegetable doesn't feel you. That's true. I think it's after they're dead. You know, this is going too far. It's too deep. It's too. It's, too, it's, it's way too, too deep. deep. We shouldn't. No one cares about the interworkings of the feelings and dimensions of the broccoli. I always care about the feelings. But if you eat it, it's not a crime against nature. However, and then it's delicious. Brutalizing a young Pomeranian is, <laughs> even if it's with a hammer, it's still wrong. Yeah, both are tools. <laughs> what the Pomeranian or the hammer? <laughs> Jury's still out. <laughs> if I'm going to be the judge and jury and the excommunicator. <laughs> Bully. Bully. Yes, my lord. <coughs> that is just... I'm just not used to the pull. Yeah. Well, it's... It's delicious. Yes. Fruity and delicious. The lovely Belgian dip. <laughs> like cinnamon candy. Oh, that's your name now, baby. <laughs> Backlashed. I should have known. Yep. You brought it upon yourself. Everyone was set up but me. <laughs> I didn't bring my gear. Like, how could I possibly go camping with these guys? <laughs> I'm the only one who brought food. Yeah. Let's go camping with a bunch of guys. Let's go camping. Yep. They've got sleeping bags and tents and and Coleman lanterns <laughs> and no food whatsoever. <laughs> like, they, they did rem- uh, re- remember to bring, like, Oodles of booze, like not even cold booze. Some of the booze was cold, but most of it was just like warm booze. And if you're out in the warm forest drinking warm booze, that is like a, an equation for warm times. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a recipe for somebody who might not come out of the woods. Just a bunch of guys went out to the woods and drank themselves queer. <laughs> <laughs> drank themselves what? <laughs> Nothing. It's not important. <laughs> No, that's a camping trip. <laughs> you remember that? I don't want to talk about it, Jerry. No, right, right. <laughs> you want to go camping? No. No. No, never again. No, I don't. I've seen enough of them there woods. <laughs> <laughs> Can't see the forest for the dick. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. <laughs> Often. <laughs> enough. <laughs> you paused. You had a pause in between. <laughs> That's good. Isn't it, though? Tastes like Fruit Loops. Had a baby with milk. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I couldn't think anything Fruit Loops would fuck. But a drink. Grape grape. <laughs> <laughs> we eat the food that's covered in liquid. It's like you don't need a drink to go with your cereal because it's two in one. Yeah. If you have a glass of orange juice to go with your milk and cereal, you're a Pedophile Nazi. I eat my cereal in a coffee cup. <laughs> That's fine, too. I drink soup from a coffee cup because I don't drink coffee. I like that, too. <laughs> it just feels a right. A person like me can't have that much caffeine. Like me, both you and I, the only two people I know, eat gumbo in a cup. Yeah. Like a coffee cup. Make a coffee cup before you go. I like to eat out of a cup. Plus, it saves on dishes. And then, nobody minds washing a cup. That's right. And if it's a plastic cup, you can throw it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's a glass. Well, I guess if it's a glass cup. You can throw it out too. Depends on how attached you are. To the cup. <laughs> and how much glass you want to clean up later. It's an heirloom. I don't mean break the cup. I mean, you throw it, and it's 
It's proper place. <laughs> the place you put refuse. My stained gumbo cump is now garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had egg drop soup today in a coffee cup mm, for breakfast. Egg drop soup. I just can't do egg drop soup anymore. Like, I loved it when I was a kid. I make it myself here, and I don't stir it till the egg is all superfluous feather duster. Yeah. I, 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 like, stir it once, and I drop the egg, and it uses, like, these big chunks of hot water cooked egg and that broth. It's so it's kind of a fantastic kind of scramble. It's exactly what it is, the poached scramble. There's no such thing, but that's what it is. That sounds delicious. And it is good. You put, like, some chives or some green onions in it, let them flotilla. Like a redneck trailer park. And <laughs> just, I ate it for breakfast. And I tell you the truth, it can't be that bad for you. It woke me up, it warmed me up. And my blood cart threw it up to my hips. And it was, uh, I don't know, it was, it was interesting. Uh, for a breakfast dish. <laughs> <laughs> breakfast cup, cup of breakfast. <laughs> Pretty good. Some steamed veggies with some, uh, some butter. It was like broccoli and red bell pepper and stuff. Like, my diet would be perfect. I'd be in great shape if I just stopped cerveza. Yeah. Cerveza slide. Yeah. How is that not happening right now? But the thing is, if you think like 70% of the pool water you swim in is pee, how much of the pool water, if the pool water was beer, would be pee? More. More. <laughs> definitely more. SD definitely definitely more. more. Stop drinking the pool water. But it's beer. Not no. all of it. <laughs> it's 85% urine. It's urine beer. We make our beer from urine here. It was a rhyme. <laughs> just a t- it's for just a touch of flavor. Crime against nature. <laughs> yeah. You're drinking pee beer. That's, well, that's the name of the beer. That falls underneath. That's a great name for a beer. <laughs> Crimes against nature. I don't think you could get that A-L-A-L. past the censors. <laughs> they have censors for beer names? I don't think so. Was, wow, this is it's a really hoppy beer. Yeah, the hops. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. You fermented it from the urine of an old pool. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds... Pecant. <laughs> like we made it in the turlet. <laughs> Sounds so good. Turlet beer. This beer has a, the wafting edge <laughs> of wheat and and fr- and paradise fruit. Also, the subtle tinge of a portalet in summer. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. When you crack it open, you get light, fruity aromas. <laughs> a bit of hops. You get the bitterness of the hops. And then, as you go to take a sip... You smell. I'm going to describe this for you. <laughs> Standing in the field at Lollapalooza. Over a cesspool. Next to the portalettes. An overflowing cesspool. It's 108 outside. And flies. you need to pee. And the breeze blows that off. Why don't people stink? <laughs> blow their nose on the walls in there. <laughs> no other place is it acceptable. For you to blow your holes, not blow your holes, but blow your nose <laughs> on the wall. Well, I didn't blow any of your holes anywhere. <laughs> but I mean, like, blowing your nose on the wall. I don't know why I see that in portlets and, like, the sadistic things. I know, that, it's like, I'm going to go into this plastic cube and do things I would never do anywhere. <laughs> you know what? I think we have an emergent business idea happening right there. We call it Do Anything Cubes. Yes! <laughs> we just sell them, right? Copyright, like, Mark and Josh, Do Anything Cubes. It's like a portlet, right? But it's uh, a portalet is a porto toilet. It could even be a pay toilet. It would make a it a, it's made a little bigger. But inside, there's a bathroom, but it has a door. But it's basically just a room, and there's some stuff in there. I'd say there's some pillows and some old CDs and a lamp that's bolted down, and a plastic light bulb, all that stuff. My childhood bedroom. You just go in there and do whatever you want. But it would just, just, just the amount of the filth of humanity. Like when somebody, like, 
like people disrespect hotel rooms. Can you imagine a place people would pay to disrespect? Yeah. Yeah, they just go in there and be like, and just let loose all their frustrations and their bowels. Not maybe not at the same time, <laughs> but maybe. Like woohoo! But you have party. to. But you have to make them out of recycled material because just like my gumbo cup at the end, you have no choice but to throw it away. away. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Just a box box of filth, not a pot of gold, but a. <laughs> Cube That's a crime against humanity. It's close. Humanity, nature, I don't know. Nature versus nurture. They're all crimes. One's <laughs> <laughs> a way to raise someone into a criminal behavior. Yes. <laughs> I squeezed myself too hard. <laughs> I don't need no butt it. That wasn't your fault. Well, damn it, I want it to be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here we go. It's a roller coaster of mouths. <laughs> I think I've explained that on a podcast before. Actually, it was Carnival of Mouths. It's even better. Yeah. Because it goes up and down and around. That's it. <laughs> up and down and around. All good things. God. I wonder, you know, I'm stuck on this crimes against nature thing. You really are. Well, Seems to be wedged right in there. Hey, you we'll get see, in there that, and clear that thing out. That's what I'm going. It's like, okay, say, just for the sake of argument, that a man was sodomizing a plastic merry-go-round horse. Is it against the law? Or is he... Maybe he's not even in public. I know that would be a public. Like, maybe he's off somewhere by yeah, himself. I was about to say, if he's on the carousel, that's yeah. a problem. <laughs> <laughs> if he's on the carousel, that is a problem. <laughs> not if he made his own hole or anything. But he brought tools. He brought tools. Yeah, he but I mean, like, an auger bit of sorts. If he was in some junkyard for cannibal delights, carnival delights, and he was just like out there. Cannibal like the delights, ju- I like that too. It's another thing I want to talk about here in a minute. But... He, as he uh, as he as he mounts the plastic horse, and maybe a, a net security guard unarmed with a whistle and a flashlight sees him, was like, "Whoa, that's strange!" and calls the Pope guys, and they show up, and I was like, "Hmm, but why? What was his charge going to be? Trespassing?" Yeah, because he was hiding behind some. Unless holes. he owns the place. Unless he owns the place. Then what is then he called? What's the cops doing? What are the cops doing there? Unless someone com- called and complained, uh, you know, like there's a guy making. Rude noises. I don't know what you think, dude, but if anybody ever sodomizes a merry-go-round horse, <laughs> no one ever sees them. I know it's happened. I thought of it, and I'm not the original. I'm not an original dude. It's happened. No one's ever seen it, but I bet it's been done. I haven't done it, but I bet it's been done. <laughs> man, uh, I mean, man, man rapes hobby horse tonight at nine. <laughs> no, you wouldn't put that on the TV. That'd be on like the third page, fourth, fifth, seventh page of the newspaper. It's definitely going in the metro section. <laughs> yeah, you know. I was, it made me think <laughs> this time at freaking like Burger King or McDonald's or something. You remember they had those fiberglass renditions of like the characters that were popular at McDonald's or whatever, like the Hamburglar and the Fry Guys and mm-hmm. stuff. And they were fiberglass and they were mounted on this, I assume it was a truck leaf spring that was anchored to the ground and you kind of get on it and you'd rock. Oh, uh, those, yeah, those were the, the, yeah, the Fry Guys at McDonald's and yeah, the old, whatever. the old, old play places. Okay, that's fine. Well, my whole point is, after so many kids and adults had, had rocked on that thing, it got loose. Mm-hmm. They wore out that spring. And you ever been rocking on it and just eat gravel? <laughs> just have it plant you? I just I had a memory of being just, just 
had my face and eyes filled with pea gravel as I ate it over a fry. <laughs> we got playing leapfrog with some imaginary characters and you get busted in the mouth by a handful of gravel. Oh. And no amount of chicken nuggets will cure that. Never flew off one. I did get hit by one by an uncouth child that was rocking back and forth on one. Like, I got off of one, and he was going back and forth greatly, and I'm trying to pass What him. was the mayor's name? Mayor, Mc- Mayor McCheese. I almost broke my arm in Mayor McCheese. <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain that. Because that kind of went dark. <laughs> and you get, Mayor McCheese's body was a tube. It was a cylindrical tube with a little stairway up built for kids. And his mouth. It's a little ladder. Yeah, it was a little mouth. Was like open. I guess it was open. If your head could levitate, if it You're, was a burger. Okay, he was. It yeah, was his bars. head was a burger. Yeah, his head and was a burger. And you climbed in his head. Where, yeah, in his head, but where the patties would be. Yeah, there was like lettuce and tomato was his upper lip, and the patty and everything was below it. But inside of his mouth was open. Was a cage. Yeah, it was like yeah, these, had these bars, galvanized bars, and I was in there playing with wrestling with a buddy. I had my arm through that thing and thing, and yoked my elbow. So I almost had my arm bitten off, but Mary cheese. That's a real. That's a true story. And the grimace was not there to save you. No, he was over there. I saw him, but he didn't care. He was facing the other way. Some kids were playing his lower abs. Remember that hole went through? There was a hole through, but you could just like dive into the grimace and dive out. So, yeah, was, it was for years. I didn't know what the grimace was. Just a purple blob. Yeah, everything else. That's actually genius that you brought that up. I think the grimace is probably spilt soda. He's an upside-down milkshake. That doesn't make any sense. I know it doesn't, but that's supposedly what the Grimace the is. Only, the only way to make that make sense is to force the Grimace inside of a cup. I'm down with that. Me too. In a giant cup, and then turn it upside down and see if he falls out. <laughs> no, he's going to fall out. He's a dude in a suit. Let's but, I mean, I think. That's, I mean, that's, that's what I've heard. nature. No, that's a crime against corporate America. That's what I heard, is that he was a... Well, let's go to the Google. You don't need to research what the Grimace really I wanna, was. I want to know what... Superfluous <laughs> knowledge, and it's a complete waste of time, right here. We're starting on the what kitchen was table. The Grimace? I guess it makes sense. I guess you would Grimace if you spilt your purple milkshake. Is Why is your milkshake purple? Uh... When I was a kid, they didn't have purple. They had white, yet brown, and pink. Yeah. Vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry. That's that all you your, got. You didn't have no purple milkshake. I want to know where the fuck it now. I'm mad. I want to know <laughs> where my purple milkshake is. Is he blueberry? Plum. He's plum. The Grimace is a plum milkshake. Yeah, he really is. Blah, 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 blah. Can't believe you're researching the origin of the Grimace. Uh, Grimace is a character featured in McDonaldland commercials. He's a large me hate purple anthrop- anthropomorphic being of indeterminate species with short arms and legs. He's known for his slow-witted demeanor. His most common expression is the word duh before every sentence. Okay, so that doesn't tell me anything. So let's stop this search while we're ahead, because now I, I hate everything this stands for. Yeah. That, yeah, okay. Done with the grimace stuff. Thanks. How that did was... we even get there? We went from crimes against because you were talking about how you almost got your how you almost lost an arm inside of Mayor McCheese. Yeah, he bit my arm off. Well, he almost did. No, I think it started with getting fucking pelayed by the fry yeah, guys. Pelayed by the fry guys. We got rolled by some fry guys. <laughs> you remember when they when they stripped all that out and then they put the the plastic stuff up the slides and the and the ball notorious pit. ball pit. We had we got in the ball pit. Didn't we blow a J in there? 
Yeah, we did. We laid in the ball yeah, pit. Laid in the ball pit and and decided to to be juveniles. <laughs> what do you mean decided to be juveniles? We were kings of the world at that time. That's true. Had king of the ball pit, anyway. Well, that's big enough kingdom. <laughs> I mean, I own it. I mean, it's this big. It was like seven by eight. All this the ball balls here. you can handle. Wait a second. Wait a minute. <laughs> These are plastic fun balls, not fleshy gross balls. Until there was that one day where you're like, hey, I want to go play in the ball pit. And you and you, know, you didn't realize it was raining, I don't know, 12 hours before. Oh, yeah. And it was you go so hunt, stupid. And it was like, oh, God, they're all slick and slimy. And I can feel all the other children that have played in this ball pit. Yeah. Ball pits are petri dishes of disease. Yeah, they really are. Especially after we were in them, because we just <laughs> ate like fat rats and then smoked some J and then burned up and then, I guess, uh, waddled out into the world. What a great evening. It really it's was. a good memory. I don't remember what we were doing. I remember that, though. We spent a lot of time at McDonald's in, like, high school. Yeah, because it was the only thing in town. Yeah. Where the band always met after, uh, yeah, you get after, you a yeah. double. Was it double quarter pounder with Dude, cheese? Double quarter, or the lovely back in the day when the Big Mac was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Whopper's still good. I can't eat any of it anymore. I still do. It's not good for me, but I still do. Well, not a lot. Every once in a while, I had I've had like the perfect diet, dude. I have the perfect diet. I'm just that's naturally what I eat. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll sneak a piece of cheesecake, you know, or something like that. I've been waiting for my, cel- I have a celebratory cheesecake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like a cherry cheesecake in the fridge. It's been in the fridge for a week. And it's just it's calling waiting, your name. It's waiting for a celebration, man. Uh, but, <laughs> I digress. Like, yeah, my diet's perfect. I wouldn't drink so much. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm still... Sadly, on the no carbs, no sugars. But you know what you can have. So you can have stuff yeah. if you want and stuff. So you know your limit. You can yeah. cheat. Everybody does. I, I mean, I know a guy who's got... Well, he doesn't have the same diabetes thing like you do. Though. Most he's, people, when I cheat, I feel just terrible. This guy's got to shoot. Like, he's he's bad off with it. But he knows he can he can drink and he can do stuff. But, like, the next day, he's excommunicado. Like, he's, he won't, yeah. he's gone. He's at the house. He's laying down. He's taking his medicine. He's taking... His blood, uh, not his blood pressure, his, uh, his blood sugar. Yeah, he does blood sugar, glucose level, all that. But he's got a handle on it because why not live your life? So that's what the way this guy does it. And I can't remember his name. Well, oh, and then after all that, he got cancer too. Like, oh, good he, God. it wasn't because of that. Yeah. It just it happened genetically. And he's not that old. I guess he's like fifty or sixty. He looks like he's about a thousand. He's really skinny. And he walks with a cane, and uh, but he's not that old. And. Uh, he comes back, like he bounces Body's back. battered and bruised. Yeah, he looks like a normal dude. He comes back, and then they give him the medicine for the cancer and all that stuff, and it makes him like age. Oh, yeah, and he's like an old man again. And then he comes back. Today, I saw him out there uh, down the street, you know, like cutting the lawn and blowing the stuff. He was fine. Good day. But like, yeah, a couple of months later, next, and he does whatever. I guess at that point, it's like live your life, or it's like I don't want to eat any more egg whites. <laughs> like if that's what I can eat, yeah. But, I mean, apparently chemo is a ravaging, ravaging oh, thing. Oh, yeah, no, dude. It's a vile, That's vile a crime experience. against nature. That's a crime against humanity and nature. <laughs> See, eventually we're going to bring all crime and all thought processes into this one heading. We're simplifying things here, and we always start at the kitchen table. We go somewhere else, but we start here, and that's what's important. That's it. That's it. It's the American dream. Everything is. <laughs> We got constant taglines that go in the same direction. Always. This is the. 
podcast about nothing. And that's the best part about it. Yeah. We need guests or saw blades or bluegrass band or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool with that. Can you pass me my hat or can you not yeah. bend over? I knew you could bend over. <laughs> For you, buddy, anything. I knew it. Clint's the same way. <laughs> Queer. I <laughs> 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 like gummy bears. I bet you do. It's <laughs> <laughs> my uncouth, confident, unprotected. Out in the open, the glaring sun blaze vista. The sun above you, the grassland below, and the predators hiding in the tall grass. Get <laughs> you. No, he is. He's going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> There's no escape. Bipede. <laughs> By what? Bipede. <laughs> oh, biped, sorry. Peed. <laughs> peed. <laughs> I just peed all over the place. You didn't pee. You have two legs and you walk around. <laughs> Bipede, biped, bipedal. Bipedal. I should describe a guy on a bike. Bipedaling, two pedals. <laughs> <laughs> Bicycle. No, that is not my favorite Queen song by far. By far. Matter Especially fact, says he doesn't want to watch Star Wars in that song. That one's not good. <laughs> That's the, why I always. The never beginning liked of it. Princess of the Universe is fantastic, and everybody knows it. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of that song is a nightmare in chocolate. It's just not... It's a pinball game that's broken. What was that? There was a movie we watched... Uh, what was it? Game Night. Have you seen Game Night yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, uh, Bateman. Yeah. And they start the movie with Mr. Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. And so the whole movie, while I'm watching the movie, it's just playing in my head. You know, yeah. Mr. Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just will not go away. Wake up the next morning. Yeah. I've done that. Queen, man. I get, stuck, I get songs stuck in my head very easily, and you know that. That song and, could be, and Killer Queen will just get locked any in. Any song, though. Me, I'm so easy with, like, somebody can even hum or whistle a few bars of it. And you're locked in. Or sing we've, a couple we've, of lyrics. We've done it, this with you before. I've told people forever. about this. It's and hilarious. we make songs up, and they get stuck in your head. Mm-hmm. It's just, and, uh... It's just, it can be any era, any genre. If I know it or if I or if it's catchy, it'll stick in my head. Um, that's the creature I ended up. Or maybe I started out that way. Um, I have a compulsion to look in a fridge of, a sh- of people's houses that aren't strangers. I do that to this day. Just look in the fridge. You know why? I'll tell you why. I'll break it down. A place that has a full fridge or a full uh, pantry comforts you. Yeah. Feels you feel like, comfort when there's yeah. food around. It's the same place... Same thing as when you go into a place that's all like ratty and there's newspapers piled all up and there's an ashtray with butts all, you know, when everything's ragged and you kind of feel uncomfortable. Yeah, and you, you bring yourself no, in. No, no, no. You remember. You remember how your life was when you were in a place like and you lived in a place like that and you don't want to go back. So what you do is like when you're not in a stranger's house, I leave people's fridges alone and stuff. But if they're giving you a tour of their house or whatever's happening, you look and you notice. You notice how they carry it, how they keep their stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it always gave me comfort. And that's because I've been hungry. Man. But I was talking to a, a guy today. Apparently, I've been doing that since I was a child. Apparently, even when I was a kid, I'd go open the refrigerator and look and just shut it. And I was like, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? No. No. Something, just, something about... And, and like I said, I do it to this day. Something about it. You, it just it gives you comfort. Yeah. Makes me feel at home in a place almost instantly. Yeah. Because you know what they got. 
I mean, and if that's the, where you're, yeah. in, you know, concentric around food when it comes to stuff like that. I mean, well, it's it's a weird gift I have too so, to walk into somebody's kitchen and know where everything is, even though I've never been there. Not my kitchen. I know where the glasses are. I know oh, where the plates are. I know it's you know. Well, it's a, that's a thing. It's not a gift. It's a convenience thing. Most people are right-handed, so when you go into a kitchen, a left-handed person would throw your would throw your kitchen skills. Oh, yeah, um, a left-handed chef will ruin your life. But um, um, because you, everything goes to the right, you're, you're thinking you're going to the right. Like here's your cooking area. Here's your, you know, everything to the right, to the right, to the right. So yeah. there's a sink. The cups have two choices. They could be on the right or left. A right-handed person will put the cups on the left because they grab it and they go with the right open, to yeah. the sink. That so, makes sense. Well, that's how it is. That's how you would design a kitchen if you're right-handed. Having done it on more than one occasion. You want to design a kitchen or a place like that, this is superfluous conversation, but so what? It's interesting to me. Um, you would design it, everything to flow to the right around your, your sundries or pantry or fridge to your cooking area, depending on the make of the yeah. kitchen. If you had everything in the center, would be my favorite. That center island, everyone likes to use yeah. a cutting board, not me. I want that to be my cooking area. Yeah, and have like the pot rack and everything hanging above it. That's and then have a wrap around. That's something I'm, I'm huge circles around yeah. my cooking area. And that's something that I, I look forward to hopefully one day when I get my own place is to have that, that cooking station in the island. That's where I want it that's to. That's where you want it. That's where you want it. Also, I mean, you have your cooking station there. You have the garbage can underneath with the with the, uh, the cutout, with the plug, so you can throw all your stuff in the garbage right yeah. there. And this countertop around the cooking area is all made of cutting board material. Yes. The whole top. So you can, you're constantly moving in right-hand circles. And you can cook. I mean, I can cook fast. If I have to, I can make a freaking etouffee in 20 minutes. I'm not even playing. I mean, I've seen you do it. But um, when you get your head wrapped around it when you're designing something like that, um, especially something functional and fast-paced, it's the only thing I love about it. Especially when you get two or three people that know how to move in a kitchen and then nobody's backtracking and bumping into each other and you're all kind of kind of moving. Yeah. It's actually pretty impressive. Now, our audience won't know this, so I'm going to put it out there. Mark was a chef, is a chef, has been a chef. Yeah, for a long time. I want to put this question to you. Since More you of brought, a supervisor at this point. Well, since you brought the, the left-handed chef up, yeah. you had to work in that left-handed chef situation? I have. Where I it's like, dude, what are you doing? Well, no, with the flow of the kitchen operates the other way because most kitchens are linear. So what you end up having is like, you can start from either way, but you'll have like a salad station or a soups and salsas station, and you'll have like a... It depends on the setup, really, but you'll have like a meat area, like a grill and a griddle, right? And then you'll have like a pasta area with a lot of sauces and pots and a lot of pans, and uh, depending on what you're cooking, really. And then on the left-hand side or the right-hand side, depending on how they set it up, you'll have your um, expediter kind of area, which means people checking plates and checking orders and all that stuff, so it's a linear kitchen. You or don't have to or what they sometimes way. call the pass. Yeah, you can do it that way. Uh, it doesn't matter. You can build a linear. What I would like to do, if I ever did it, if I ever had the money, I would build a circular kitchen that had hip high uh, tables that was made of glass. That was a circle. So anybody, the kitchen was not in the back of the building. The kitchen was in the center of the building. So everybody that was um, there eating could watch everything that's going It'd be on. Constant entertainment and and have really good guys there. But I mean, it just depends on how you set it up. I think that's a little eccentric, but it's not. Undoable. Um, I'm not talking about fine dining either. The left-handed kitchen goes in a linear kitchen, especially when the guy sets it up, like the head chef or the whoever. Whoever. There's always a guy. There's always a guy who knows everything. 
The good idea fairy. Let's call him the good idea fairy. <laughs> a lot of vets out there will understand that. Everyone's got one. He'll set everything up to the left, so the grill bell on the opposite side. So everybody has to, you'll learn how to work in the kitchen eventually. But you end up having to go back and forth rather than uh, forward and forward and back. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different ways to do it. But I mean, like, it's just, I always like the U shape. Like the half moon is a that's really what good, I, yeah, that's what really I, what I'm accustomed uh, to. Most homes see. have that. Most homes, excuse me, most homes have a U shape. Yeah. Um, that's the way to do it. Um, if you have limited space and you want to make like a full service kitchen, I want the, the double hinged uh, oven doors. Like when you drop them down, I could get up and stand on them and get to the cabinets above it. Yeah. Tough stuff. Um, only because I, I don't, I use tongs a lot. I use my hands for a lot of things. I wash my hands constantly, but I'm not a, a utensil guy, usually. Unless it's soup and you need a ladle. <laughs> I don't use my hands for yeah, that. Yeah, let me get your soup. Ah! Ah! Oh, you appreciate this. No, it's it's going to be like so good. <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I abhor the microwave. So um, I like a salamander or a broiler, something you can do stuff quick with. Um, God, I don't want a salamander in my house. I don't bad. want a salamander in my house. I'd rather like a toaster oven that has multiple functions. Yeah, the salamanders, which tri- we have it's now, and tri- I never use. One trick since I don't eat bread. It's a one trick pony. You don't have to cook bread in a toaster oven. Not a toaster toaster, a toaster oven. You know what I mean? They got microwaves that double as ovens and toaster ovens now, which we have as well. They got like a heating element inside yeah. of it, and you don't have to just do bread. You can. Well, ours is convection. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. microwave and convection. That's fine. I just you can cook chicken in it, but see, I. I'd, stay, I'd rather use a toaster oven, which is direct heat, or a minor to indirect heat, because it's a grill, essentially, with a drip pan over a heating element. Yeah. You can smoke in those things. If you have that little pan, and you put a little bit of water in it, a little bit of wood, and it, it boils that teeny bit of water out, starts to char that wood, you can smoke in them. I recommend you do it outside, but you <laughs> can do it. I tried smoking in mine. I didn't fit. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I've, I've smoked in the house before. Like, I've smoked things in the house. I don't recommend it, but you can do it. It just depends. Cold smoking is a thing you can do in the house. Yeah, my lady's got a, uh, a smoker that she puts on her stove and smokes chicken and burgers and everything all the time in the house. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to do that, but I understand what you're talking I mean, the about. the whole house is smoked after yeah, that. That's not the way you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to set it up a little bit more intelligently. But you can do it that way. Well, I mean, uh, down here, turn the fan on, open the door. It don't matter. I mean, you know, I mean, she's she's got it down pat. I mean, there's no, you know, like there's no like there's not a pallor of smoke, you know, yeah. throughout the entire house. But you know, it's it smells, you know, smoky in there. No, I'm with you. I'm fine with that actually. Um, and which I don't mind because like you know, like the next day we wake up, I roll over, give her a kiss, and her hair smells like like mesquite smoke. And it's like, oh yeah, something like that. How is that not a cologne? Right. Um, we're coming up with our own cologne line here at the kitchen table so far. Um, we need crawfish boil, bonfire, uh, smoke, <laughs> uh, smoked meat. I'm not a partial, not unpartial to like axle grease and motor oil. So get the perfume guys on yeah. that. That's a trademark here. You heard it here for a toilet. <laughs> That's a turtle smell, man. <laughs> but, uh. I just oh. put a dab of a little of that blue water behind each ear. It works. <laughs> I'll let the dogs drink it. It's not good for them. <laughs> yeah. Learn that the hard way. Skippy, <laughs> no. <laughs> he was pooing blue for a week, and then he was and then he just, done. Then he just quit yeah. pooing for the rest of his life, which is about 23 hours. 
That's a crime against nature. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, don't don't no. let them drink the blue water, folks. <laughs> don't let them do it. Or the green water. That's that antifreeze. But they took that stuff out of here that kills them. But I don't know, whatever. No, I think a spoonful a day. I'm in yeah. top health. The glycol. Yes. Propylene. No, not propylene. Just regular glycol. Just glycol. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. That, that, that was the way I would I would construct my uh, my kitchen if I was doing it. But if I was doing it with limited space, like your standard kitchen worked, I would do your standard kitchen line only because you put the dish pit behind it, and that's to add, that's to add your circle. Because the, the whole back of the house is that, that circle. Yeah. So you have your dish pit and fresh dishes come this way and get distributed down the line as you go through. That's for full service when you're cranking out. Full service. That's just, I mean, you can do it. It's not even that hard, really, once you got your speed up. Um, I wish people would put those really super comfortable, absorbent, like, uh, foot mats that relax pressure oh, off yeah. in the kitchen. That's what you should do instead of those see-through, like, hard plastic Mats. Yeah, like mom went and got one of those big, nice, cushy kitchen mats for standing in front of, of the, the sink. sink. That's what to do. And that thing, dude. I don't ever want to leave it. I want the you know that playground material they have now. It's like astroturf, but it's real squishy. Yeah, you should make the whole kitchen floor out of that. Yeah, and make it removable so you can take it out and spray the because you have drains in the floor for a reason. Yeah, spray the whole kitchen out, bleach the whole kitchen floor, whatever you got to do, and slide those suckers back in, and that would be a comfortable kitchen to work in. So you could smash out sixty, seventy thousand dollar nights. And not hate your life. Yeah. <laughs> and your staff be able to work in the morning. Walk. Yeah. Well, they'll do it. I mean, those kitchen guys, they know what's up. But, I mean, it's a, it's an unforgiving it's an unforgiving job. But who doesn't like to do that? Like, especially when you find, it's, it's hard to cut off the speed. But once you get around a place, you're like, hey, I'm going to cook for these people. You know, they're coming over at 7. So I'll start cooking at 5. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can hang out. Otherwise, I'll just be in the kitchen the whole time. If you want to talk to me, come. Come, hang come out in the kitchen. kitchen. Yeah, I'm busy. But uh, and it just depends. Uh, I guess it depends on what you put into it. Just like anything in life is what you want out of it. So I mean, if you put a bunch of a bunch of like you know, fresh ingredients and some you know really good thought processes into your menu, you're gonna get. I mean, if you're worth half your ass, you're gonna you're gonna get what you want out of it. Um, but if you half-ass everything. You're gonna get a, a inferior product. That's well, that's like that with anything. Yeah. Now, I hadn't talked about this with anybody yet. Uh, I wanted to talk about it with you, especially Anthony Bourdain. Godspeed. Oh, uh, I deal with depression, and it, granted, he was much better off than me. But if you deal with stuff like that, and you're you know gonna throw off the wagon and stuff like that which I have done several times and, and things like that. One of, not my favorite, but one of my favorite chefs, but he really, he hit with a bang in such an amazing way. That means he's a great chef. His formidable years, he was a great chef and got so good that he could go around and comment on things around the world. What what a chef's dream. Yeah. Get paid to do it and still be able to manage a family and all that. Yeah, that, that, that's fact, a dream. My, my next book, my next audio book is going to be Kitchen Confidential. I've never I'd listened to it. Love to do that. I just listened. One of my favorite books um, is uh, Doug Stanhope, Digging Up Mother. It's a great oh, book. Stanhope's funny. I love Stanhope. He's pretty much my favorite favorite comedian, uh, next to uh, Joey Coco Diaz and, and stuff like that. I love those guys. They're hilarious. And one of them, it made me like they remind me of family members in ways. 
So uh, he's got two books the out. The best so, comedians do. So does his girlfriend or wife, whatever she is. She's got a book out uh, called Let Me Out. She's got like mental problems or whatever, but she's freaking amazing. I love listening to the guy and his Who's friends. Stand up boy. Bingo, Amy Bingo Bingaman. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's her yeah, name. Yeah. And, uh, well, I guess her name's Amy Bingaman, but she's super cool. And I, I got to listen to some snippets of her book that's available on Audible. Now, no, we're not a, we don't have sponsors or anything. But, but we'd love to have one. Just so. love, just, I just love stuff. Listen up. I love stuff. So, um, anyway, just great, great content. I mean, it really lets you into the window of mental health. And I told you that story to tell you this one. So, <laughs> the whole point. Of, 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 of reaching out to that was uh, Anthony Bourdain like after he got off the junk and everything he started being addicted addicted to jujitsu and he was just smashing it and he was living his life and everything was looking up but what you don't know and a lot of people don't know about having um, a mental issue that you deal with constantly some people and I've even endured this myself wake up every morning and have to come up with a reason not to eat a bullet every time the sun comes up and some people like me, I'm lucky. The answer is always the same. I have a, I have a little boy. The answer is always the same, but it helps me get out of bed. And I struggle with that. And not many people know that. It's hard for me to go day to day because there's something chemically the matter with me and probably something emotionally the matter with me. Yeah. That's a crime against nature. <laughs> but anyhow, if I long story even longer, I think uh, I, I, loved his, I loved his work. I loved his show. Um, I especially like when he went to like, this is like a, I don't can't even, a curb block stand or whatever. Yeah. He'd go out there and he ate some cheese made out of a goat's body and was drinking this drink they fermented with spit and had water running from like this little trickle into town in this little area. And I was like, that's the most horrible drink I've ever drank, but it, it's alcohol, you know? Yeah. Because he went hard, man. And it was made after my own heart. I did the same thing. I liked New Reservations. I like those reservations. Too. I really liked um, the one where he just showed up in town and was like, "Where's the best hot tea? Yeah, let's go find let's go find some drinks. Let's I'd go love find to do some that. food. I think it was uh, layover something to do with layovers. I'd like to do that, but I'd like to do this is the thing with me. I'd like to go to the scrubbiest. If I was doing that show, I want to not to the the poshest place. I want to go to the scrubbiest back alley guy cooking shrimp on a or a. Or a sharpened toilet brush. <laughs> like I, I'm not even joking. Like those guys, some of those, not all of those guys, but some of those guys, their family's been doing it for a billion years. And their cutlery got blown up or whatever. And they just kind of make do. Also, a rural Japanese fisherman, and come home with their catch and then sell and cook. I'd love to. I'd love oh, to do that. yeah, that would be. That um, would but be not like sushi and so I'm talking about like the rural people. Because the best food that I've ever had in my life hasn't been, and I've been to some fancy places, man. I've worked in some really fancy places that have, haven't been those places. They've had refined recipes, no doubt. They've had some really excellent chefs working, no doubt. But the places where those originated were all backwoods rural. That's places come from. I mean, if, if lobster was once called scrod in a peasant food, now it's a delicacy. Yeah. Crawfish is going the same way. Everything moves up a food. I mean, you see it every, every year ladder. since we've been That's children. Right. That's it right. Just, so what you what you end up doing is I'd like to go back to the food origin, to heirloom wheat, to people making bread on rocks. In fact, that we watched uh, people would watch that. It's funny you say that about crawfish. We were watching uh, Nick Kingsman Golden Circle yeah. the other night. Yeah, and he's uh, you know Eggy Eggy sitting down with uh, his princess girlfriend yeah. and, and their parents, and they're doing these different courses. 
one of the courses, the guy takes the lid off, and it's like five crawfish. Yeah. And I was like, Amanda looked at me and was like, is that crawfish? I'm like, yeah, it's crawfish. I guess they consider it a delicacy. It is a delicacy. You know, it's a de- you know, in these places where we're just well, like, it's food. We have to think about it this way. Everything's a delicacy if you can't get it readily. So some places that are food deserts, man, if you bring a lamb and slaughter a lamb, everything's a delicacy when you're starving. Yeah. So it's like, I would pay to go on, uh, on expensive hunts. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I go, not shoot an elephant or anything, but I'm talking about like to go out and shoot access deer and, and stuff like that with places where they're overpopulated. Yeah. And then you give that meat to the locals and watch the big party that they have. Because they will have a yeah, party. It's the a whole, celebration. The whole village uh, or whatever, the whole tribe, whatever, will come together and they'll save some of that and they'll eat it. More meat, more meat, more meat, more meat. And it's not like, how about this? Up here, it's like we catch a fish that's a trash fish. Unless it's toxic, it's not a trash fish. You eat that fish. Yeah. And that's what I appreciate. My, uh, I guess my cooking show, I'm going to pitch it right now, would be like the sticks or something like that. I like to go out to places that are super, super rural where people are whacking goats in the head with rocks <laughs> and chasing lines down with spears and seeing how that works because that's where all your food comes from. Yeah. I mean, that's your people, believe it or not, colored notwithstanding. That's where your food comes from. And that's, that's interesting. Even uh, way down in Mexico, you know, you delve back into the Aztec stuff with what they eat as they come up, you know, through the colonials. That's super interesting to me. I mean, you pique an interest with me, and I'll roll on it. Yeah. Because that is something that's super, super interesting because um, the evolution of food is the evolution of man. Yeah. That's where you come from. Yeah. Um, Africa, since there's a billion different places, now, I guess. Yeah, quite, how did we. Quintessentially, it was one place, but now it's a billion different places. Or how places. did they, as a people, that's Learn to continue to gain sustenance well, enough I, to populate. If it's not aliens, I, I assume it's sustenance. I hope it's aliens. Yeah, me too. But, but I hope it's, I mean, it has to be sustenance. Like, you know, uh, we, uh, we're rolling rocks through the field to build a hut, right? And as we're doing it, we're crushing wheat, naturally grown wheat. We're just smashing it. And it gets wet from our sweat. And it starts to puff up in the heat. Is that how old it is? Is that the origin of bread? I hope so. You see what I'm saying? That's what's interesting to me. That's a really interesting topic because if we didn't have alien help or the help of shrooms, which is probably more along the, more along, more yeah. along the lines of, uh, of the intelligent ape kind of scenario, that eventually we ate things until enough of us died that we stopped eating those things. And then we... That the origin of the species is the same as the origin of what they ate. Yeah, he ate this and died, but he ate this and became stronger. Let's no, eat that more of weird? that. Weird, it's weird, it, but that's how that's how it works. So, I mean, I like my origin of bread story. That's not how it happened. But, it was beautiful, man. That, you had you had, I like that's you had I, me. I, mean, I like the thought at the cusp. I like the thought. <laughs> that's the tip. <laughs> that is the tip. But I, I like the thought. So as that's happening, like you can go to the ancient breads, the ancient wines are even more interesting. Yeah. Um, if you go through all that, and then you like the ancient kitchen, the ladies, she's using wheat in a a shoebox for crying out loud, you know. And she's making dough, and she's making bread. It's cooked, it rises in the sun. She's cooking on a hot rod next to a fire. That'll be the best bread you ever had. It's going to be different, but that's what the origin of the origin of the origin of you ate. Yeah, from whatever country, 
doesn't matter because at some point we were all one. Yeah, you were a different color and you had a sharper stick or whatever. But, I mean, that's what it is. That's what's super interesting to me. Um, it's not just food, though. It's just people, really. Because yeah. I started out, um, one of the funny thing was, is I, I wanted to be like, what, a musician and an artist and all this stuff. And I tried really hard for a long time. But I started out as a writer when I was a kid. That's what I wanted to do. And it just kind of evolved and I came back to be a jack-of-all-trades. I'm more of a, I'm a blue-collar guy. I've done, I'm a jack-of-all-trades. I've done all sorts of rural work. I'm a hunter and a fisherman. But my interests are piqued by the origins of what made me and everybody else around me. So, I mean, that's what I think. And I think it started, well, one, nutrition. It had to. Because if you don't have that, you don't have people. We don't eat this. We're going to, we die. So I mean I think that's super super neat. I mean you hit a you hit a wellhead with, with, yeah, me yeah. with that. Yeah. And that's something I'm super interested in. Um it's just really, really interesting. Yeah, but back to the Anthony Bourdain thing. Oh yeah, yeah. sorry. I, I no, 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 it's good. The ta- the ta- tangents are what we thrive on, man. <laughs> no joke, huh? Chewy, no! All right, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Chewy, no. Uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it was it was one of those it was one of those things. It was like, I was shocked. I wasn't yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it was. I, I was shocked. I know because it's a yeah, we had moron or whatever. It doesn't we, make sense. I'm we had shocked. All, I wasn't surprised. He was out there. He he told his story. We knew his story. Yeah. You know? So to be somebody so out there and still be dealing with that and not you know I mean you said it yourself you, you're you felt deep depression you've you know I'm feeling it now no, I bet <laughs> you are no it's not depression <laughs> yeah right uh, I'm extraordinarily turned on um <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> damn it it's the basketball shorts it really is. They cover nothing. Oh, I've seen the great faces. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough of the uh, enough of the boo boo hoo humdrum and no, Anthony that's Bourdain. actually really interesting. I like Anthony Bourdain. He wasn't my favorite, but I mean, he, but yeah, he as was, a, a, I wanted smashed. to talk to you about it because you, know, you were a chef. Um, you I lived. Mean, you get to the you point, lived some of that life. You get to see some of that. You get to the point I mean, where granted, you weren't in New York. I mean, but, I didn't have the money. But yeah. if you have the money to jet set, you're doing what you want, you're making some money, your family's all right. But see, with all that, with all that that he had, wherever his demons were, they were always with him. He still had to fight them. So whether you got a million dollars or not, or whether you're a chef or you've got a TV show or whatever, you wake up and still have to come up with a reason. You have to come up with a reason. And sometimes, sometimes you can't find a reason. And it, it's, it's sad. And sometimes it can be a selfish, selfish thing to do. Especially when other people are depending on you, but some people succumb, and I might, I might, but right now I'm still fighting, and it gives me hope. Like you said, you got the, you've got the reason. Yeah. So right there, people, from the kitchen table to the streets, find the reason. Yeah, right on. It was somewhere in Barstow on the edge of the desert. The drugs begin to take hold. Yes. Uh, from the kitchen table to the street. Oh, street. How's that vapor treating you over there? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's holding back the demon. 
It's just it's the la- it's the final rickety bent nail in the door against the zombie horde. <laughs> yeah. You watch it as it shakes as the as the beast beat on the outside of the door, but you know at some point they're gonna get in and eat you. So got your hammer and you just keep pounding away. <laughs> <laughs> it's the chest of drawers against the door of cigarettes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's in those drawers, I want to know. I'll show you. <laughs> been hoarding gummy bears. <laughs> I like gummy bears. <laughs> That's the second time we made that reference <laughs> in, this, in this here podcast. Oh, pod. So, podcast is essentially a medium on the internet where we talk about whatever interests us for no other reason than we like to blab our mouths. If you like what you hear, I don't guess you have to subscribe or sponsor us, but it would like to. I'd like to hear from you. I'd like subscribers and sponsors now that you say it. Well, if you're saying something. I mean, you don't want to go out and just ask for it, because, you know, beggars. I'll go out and ask. And choosers. Like, there's please, a, give me your money. There's a fruit fly in here. <laughs> there's several fruit flies in here. It's because of the fruit. <laughs> the strange. Strange. Strange fruit. Music. What you been listening to lately? Anything oh, good? Anything uh, new? Nothing. Oh, uh, let's see. I listened to some cosplayers, not cosplayers, but some covers of some acoustic mindless self-indulgence. Ooh, here recently. tasty. I, I wanted to see. I know somebody had done it. I was curious one night. And everyone was asleep, so I was like, at some point with the internet, somebody's going to do what I love, is to turn everything acoustic. They got everything acoustic. I've been saying it for years, and everybody you really have. Everybody has crapped on me. And I said, anything can be acoustic. And everyone's always said, no, it can't. It's like, oh, yeah? Well, look it up. Get on the internet and look it up. Because if you want to hear Slayer, if you want to hear yeah, anything. it's like everything's acapella now. No, not just acapella. Well, they have a lot of that. They do. But if you look, you'll find a group of guys that, that got together and they, they tabbed out whatever their favorite mm-hmm. metal song was, slowed it down, changed the pitch, and you'll have to sift through a some that dropped the ball. But when you find one that smashes, you'll, it'll be amazing. So a bunch of no-name guys, which is a big thing to me, a bunch of indie no-name guys. Just a group of dudes that like these songs and want to do them. I, I love grassroots guys that uh, that are trying their best to play the songs that they like and, and kind of sneak in some of their own, because that's how you start. We see, that's where I, that's get, what I listen to. That's where I get weird with it. Like I start looking at stuff like Steven Seagulls. That do like you know like bluegrass versions of metal songs or like polka that. versions of metal songs. Like, their, like have you listened their polka to any version of uh, of Cemetery Gates was just freaking amazing. It was. Have you ever heard of Sturgill Simpson? Who Sturgill Simpson? He sings no. country songs with modern words. He sings like we talk now, but he has a good country voice. But he sings about um. It's a re- it's real country music, but he uses modern language. So he says, you know, the cuss word he does, but he gets the message across. It's old country, old style country music, and it's about tripping and drinking and all the stuff that country music is about. But he's like a modern guy, and it's about robbing banks and if I, I'm king shit on I, I'm king turtle on, on here on shit and mountain. If you want, you could have the crown. Like, Jesus, yeah, and it's pretty good. Uh, I like Sturgill Simpson. Um, they got Wheeler Walker Jr. Jr., who sings kind of comedy songs, like uh, Rodney Carrington, but much more dark and much more hard. Like uh, F You Bitch is one of his songs. <laughs> but it's You Broke My Heart. It's real country. And I like it. 
Um, I like a lot of those guys. Um, and then, of course, on the other side, you've of always kind of had a leaning towards more country folky. Kind I always of stuff. have. I so, always yeah. have. It's just the way I was raised. But I mean, like, I've listened to uh, my favorite thing to do is listen here recently to artists that wrote the songs appearing to people covering the songs while they're covering it in a venue somewhere. So like a dude's doing like, a song. And like dudes singing like on the street busking, like singing a Steven Tyler song in Prague. And Steven Tyler, and Steven Tyler walk just walks past up. Yeah. and helps him with the song and smashes it and they smash it together. Yeah, um, that's pretty gnarly. I like that stuff. They got one with Seal. They got a bunch of videos of guys that sing those songs showing up in these different places. Um, which I think is neat. That's really gnarly. I, I like regular guys doing regular tunes or or epic tunes like their own way. I heard a, a really awesome version of two girls singing Radiohead's Creep with violins. It was ah, fantastic. I've seen that. That was gnarly. Um, I like listen. I like listening to all that stuff. But then, of course, as you go back to my my own stuff, I still. I mean, once Vinnie Paul. Once Vinnie Paul Dude, left, I went, I went through a Pantera thing. destroyed me. And I started back at Cowboys of Hell. And I hadn't listened to those songs in a long time. And uh, Cowboys I did, I, That day, I got in the truck, and I pulled up Vulgar Display of Power, and just let it go. Because um, I was, I love, I like Cowboys, that album, but it's never been Vulgar my... Vulgar Display is a it's great It's never record. been my favorite album. Vulgar Display is my all-time I favorite I like Far Beyond Driven, which is one of I do, least. too, but when it comes down to, I just want to, I just want to hear Vinny. Yeah. I put on Vulgar Display and just let it take me away. <clears throat> so I listen, I listen to all that stuff. Um, let's see. Not last night, night before I listened to the Sexer Sisto, Devil Music yeah, Volume 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old This is because I'm weird. What I did is I put that record on, <clears throat> on track one, and I turned down the volume to House of a Thousand Corpses. And nice. I watched, I watched the movie, listening to it, because I know the movie. And uh, Rob Zombie has done fantastic work with the movies. He really has. He dropped the ball, in my opinion, on uh, what's that? The Lords of Salem. Yeah, and I'm sure he'll throw a hammer. I didn't at me. see that one, and he well, did the no, he, uh, he did the other one. What is it? The thirty one. Thirty one. Yeah, sixty one. That wasn't there's bad. A number. It wasn't involved. bad either. I like those style of movies, but he's done a lot of stuff. I mean, he did the Halloween and with Kane, the huge yeah. Michael Myers. I like that. It made it real. It made it scary. He was on Nerdist once talking about the fact that he wanted to do a hockey movie, and I was like, please, let's see a hockey movie done by Rob Zombie. I I don't know if it's his. I like his art. I like it. I like I like what he does. I mean, I don't, and just because I like what he does, I mean, I have to like everything yeah. he does. But I mean, I mean that's art subjective. Well, it's like I but, love I, mean, I, I love White Zombie. Oh, me too. I love his movies, but I will not listen to a Rob Zombie record. I don't like. Them. I have, uh, uh, but I pick and choose the songs uh, like you do because it seems a little repetitive to me. But yeah. not really. I just like listening to that kind of. He churns them out, dude. He churns them out. And there's some things that get oh yeah he's a factory that get you but, jazzed up dude I mean even Dragula I love that we song. see that and I love that song Living Dead Girl because it feels like They're a all white zombie the same song. type of song which I love um and my favorite song by them well by him is a white zombie song and there's well there's two of them but uh it's hard to see you know favorite songs are unfair it's an unfair question because I like yeah. so many bands and so many songs. But I can go from White Zombie to Counting Crows to uh, to Captain and Tennille really, really quick. <laughs> and I can go even further than that, too, because I like Barbershop, too. I've always liked that stuff. Um, yeah. I don't think it's bad to have, like, an eclectic 
Or just what I'm feeling. Sometimes I listen to soul music. It's like when we were kids riding around in your white car or in Frost Top, your old truck. No radio. What did Mark do? Just sang a song. Yes. Yeah. Like your rendition of uh, the of Ray Charles' America. Oh, yeah. So that was one time I One it. time you did it. It was like, I, I can't believe that just happened. Yeah. I can't believe I got to witness that. That was amazing. That was weird. I, at one time, I had, a, I had a pension to fall into something that was... Wasn't that great of a guitar player, wasn't that great of a singer, but I was a good songwriter, and I could, every once in a while, I could squeak by. One time I hit the Hey Jude note. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hit it. Yeah. Just once. Just, Just once. That's all you need. That's all I need. That's all you need. Just hit once. I never have to play that song again. That's it? I'm never playing that song. I can never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to let you know. And let you know cool. that's never going to happen again. Um, my favorite band, I mean, I guess it would have to be Alice in Chains, and Alice in Chains, and right under that's Counting Crows. I would love to hear somebody play the Alice in Chains songs for the same instruments that Counting Crows, like the accordion and the mandolin. And everything. That would be cool. It'd be amazing. You like the uh, you, you, you like Alice in Chains' new singer? Uh, yeah, I like him yeah. all right. But I mean, it just depends on where you're where you're at with it. It's like I'm very moody when it comes to music. Like sometimes. You've seen me at the at the skip button. Sometimes I can't listen to thirty seconds of a song. I just don't yeah. want to hear it. I don't want to. I, hear it. I've I got musical. I've got musical ADHD. But once I yeah. find something, I'm there. Now I'm there, and I'll listen to it over and over again. I'll listen to it yeah, over I and get, over again until I get my fill of that particular tune, and then I'll I'll move on. But yeah. I move on like literally. I go from one to another. I go to Warren Zeffin really quick. And that's that's really where we differ. I get if I if I hear a song, I immediately and I'm familiar with the album. I immediately want to hear the next song on the album. Last night, the last three songs I listened to, I listened to Kill Switch Engage. Um, I listened to Pulse of the Maggots by Slipknot. I listened... Oh, Good stuff. I listened to the acoustic version of I Will Not Bow by Breaking Benjamin. And nice. right after that, and after that, I listened to Warren Zeffon, Werewolves in London. Because I love that song. Yeah. Um, because of Tom Petty, I've been listening to a lot of Tom Petty here recently. I love Tom Petty, and I forgot how much I love Tom Petty. Not that he was like, you, without Tom Petty, you don't have, well, without Bob Dylan and Tom Petty, you don't have a Tom Waits, you don't have a Sonic Youth, you don't have a Kurt Cobain. It true. does not happen. Like, I know it's it's a far reach, but just follow, follow my no, logic it's all No, it's all there. As it fits there, you're talking about just normal things. And of course, it got more metaphory as it goes through. But uh, I like the guy, the you know, the guy, I'm sitting on a train. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the, and the whiskey's gone. And he's telling a story like that. Already, I've already listened. I've sat on a train. I've been out of whiskey. I'm already his buddy. Same thing with Willie Nelson. You know, he'd tell you a story. Well, if he's not talking about riding horses in the sunset, but, you know, whatever. I understand that. So as, as, as I'm attached to these people, listen, uh, Wildflowers. A lot of people crapped on that record, but that was a great record. And you can listen to that record. Uh, it's a Tom Petty record. And the oh, first yeah, song yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're and talking you, about. It had your Tom Petty sounding songs on, like, Let's Get High, blah, 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 blah. It's so much fun. But it had Tom Petty songs on it. You know. Was that the uh, the one where he had the single with Dave Grohl playing? I think so. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I had that record once we when we bought records back in the day when records were bought or CDs. Yeah, that's that's or cassette fair enough. tapes. I'd like to have the greatest hits of Chicago on vinyl. I just like them. 
There's five singers, <laughs> a, a brass section. They have a huge brass section. You don't get Brian Seltzer's orchestra or Dave Matthews without that band. Mm-hmm. And if you like Dave Matthews, I like them that much. But Which I get, I get, I get tired of. Them. Dave put out a new record. Recently. I listened. I listened. Uh, it's let's, okay. I'm not as much of a fan as I used to be, but I love Tim Reynolds. And was it Red Rocks? Yeah. Uh, no, Radio City Music Hall. Yeah. It was Dave, yeah, Matthews, yeah, Dave Matthews and, and Tim Reynolds. Yeah, and, Tim and they didn't play any of the hits. Well, they played some of them, but they played just a bunch of catalog music. I love it. Yeah, let me get up here with my buddy and Tim just Reynolds is play for three hours. So, I mean, I mean, what's time to love? So, I mean, I love Dave Grohl. That guy is a madman. Um, I like Nickelback when they first came out. When they first came out, I loved the crap out of all these. Somebody said that the other day. Somebody I think the said turning about point was the and I was Spider-Man like, song. Like once he did the song with the yeah. guy from Saliva, the hero yeah, it was, song. It was yeah, it was yeah. Then they, in my opinion, they went kind of corporate-y, way too corporate for me. It was the same tune over and over. Every re- well, every record after Silver Side Up was. I think every record after the State. I like Silver Side Up because they had cowboy hat. No, that was the state. Was it? Yeah. Well, I like the state was my favorite record. The state I guess. was their first major label debut. I like that song. Yeah. I saw him on the box. Remember when I told you mm-hmm. about Leader of Men when I saw that? It blew my mind. I was like, this this guy's going to be big. Yeah. These guys are going to be big. And that state came out. We yeah. loved that. And loved we that saw them. Um, in fact, we loved them. You got me into them. Well, we loved them all through the stage. Silver Side Up came out. Uh, we saw them. I remember this. Like it was yesterday, we saw them in New Orleans, House of Blues, the day that "How You Remind Me" hit number one. Really, I didn't know that. I didn't know that about yeah. the charts. That's interesting, though. Um, this, I don't not like it, but at the time I was younger, and it's kind of college rocky. And who didn't like that? Yeah. I mean, like if I am the Matchbox Twenty of metal, you know, like, like, was, you know, it, I liked them because it was it was heavy at times. I like Everclear, it was rocky at I times, like and it was just some good Canadian boys making some music. I'm fine with that. Now, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I was an Aerosmith kid. Uh, you were an Aerosmith kid. We loved Aerosmith. I, I liked well, Aerosmith. Well, my mom but... had the 33 record of Toys in the Attic. Nice. And that was the first Aerosmith I heard with those big, crazy 80s phones. Yeah. And then you got to sit, you know, 22 sec- inches from the stereo, and you plug those big things in with a quarter-inch plug. Yeah. And you, cr- and you crank it up until your brain doesn't function. And listen to St. John and all those great songs where it was a time when Steven Tyler wanted to be, he tried to sing like a black man. He had a lot of soul in his voice, and he sang that way, a lot of claps and harmonica. Yeah. People forget that about him. And uh, he eventually, you know, he got his own voice and became what he is now. He was like a frontman legend. Um, a mystery. But uh, The mystery of Steven Tyler. Tonight. At 11 or 12. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, and I can still remember, it was like Joan Baez... Jimmy Hendrix Extreme, uh, Aerosmith, uh, Toys in the Attic, uh, my mom's record collection, and then my dad's record collection. Because I wasn't a Led, a Led Zeppelin kid. I was a Black Sabbath kid. I loved Black Sabbath. I didn't get into Led Zeppelin until I was a teenager. Yeah, see, I didn't get into good records until I was a teenager. We moved in with my like step, with my stepdad, Mike, and he had this amazing record collection, which is where I first learned about the greatest one-word band ever, Rush. I, 
I'm going through his records, and it's like, like Rush, 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 Rush. And I was like, who is this Rush? And he goes, you don't know Rush? Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd? Rush? Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd. That's the way yeah. I thought of him. And then it was like Tom Sawyer was the song that was drilled in my head because it was on the radio. Yeah. Remember? And, uh, yeah, and that was a, yeah, that was. Uh, I just got so. I got so tired. That was right before the crazy 80s rush. I was just yeah. like, you know, I'm done. I'm done. And I listened to Rush. They have a. a living in the limelight, the universe. Yeah. I used to love it. Um, but I felt like, you know, your journeys and your foreigners and all the, that group of bands that came out of that time. Who doesn't love that? You know, who doesn't love that? I like Thin Lizzy. Love I like Kansas. I like all that stuff. But at this age, I prefer to listen to what I want to. Yeah. So I'm not in a journey mood. I haven't been in a journey mood for five years. Yeah. Uh, I, I like uh, every once in a while I can handle Kansas. I like Deep Purple. I like Fog Hat. I mean, I like those bands, but do I need to hear? Uh, how about this? I don't ever need to hear "Dust in the Wind" again. Never in my life. Anything Never ever ever. Dust in the wind. No thanks. Don't need to hear it. I don't need to hear it. I get it. I think he said everything he could say. I like Def Leppard. I was one of the guys. That, I was one of the five guys. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That liked Def Leppard. I was a, with the second Before CD. Adrenaline. The second CD I ever got. Ever. Was hysteria. The first one I got was uh, Pablo Honey by Radiohead. The f- and I got it, was given to me before I had a CD player. It's like, here, listen to this. This is yours, man. I was like, thanks. And I went home and put it in a drawer. Because you a, didn't have a CD player. I was a cassette guy. I've been a cassette guy my whole life. Yeah. Records and cassette was my thing. Cassettes for mobile and albums at the house. Yeah. Well, the first album that I ever bought, the first CD that I ever bought, it was Black Sabbath Paranoid on CD. Nice. Second, Aerosmith Get a Grip. Nice. Um, and then, of course, I realized that they had made all those albums that I listened to as a kid as CDs. I didn't realize that everything was going that way. Yeah. And now it's digital. Nobody but did. At some point, I, wasn't, I didn't have foresight with CDs. I was just like, ooh, CDs. So, of course, you got... I personally just didn't buy them because I couldn't afford them at the time. Well, it was easier that, to get the, got, the $12 cassette Astro instead Creed. of the $25 CD. We had the we both had La Sexy Sister Double Music Volume 1 on CD. Yes, sir. We had, those, we had those bands, all those bands. And then I found on a demo CD that I loved my Myself Indulgence when they first came out. I loved them. I was like, it was something new and weird. Something and, really out of the box. And, of box, course, as a yeah. child, I was new and weird. So, of course, it spoke to me. I didn't want to wear, even though I did, I didn't want to wear eye makeup and pigtails. But at some point, we all grew through that stage. Yep. You know? But I was fighting what my roots were. So, as I go, I went, came back to circle. Now I can, I can be a redneck. I can be a blue car guy and listen to what I want. You realize you're liberated later after you're trying to be something you're not. Yeah. So, after I came back around, uh, there's nothing I won't listen to. I mean, I like country music and... I, I like all of me. I listen to reggae. I'll listen to tech funk and stuff like that. If it's, yeah, good. I mean, there's, uh, there's lines. I can't, there's, you know, I, I refuse to are. listen to, I don't like to house or rave music. I don't music. like country pop. With I don't. The new country yeah. that came out, it's hard for me to listen to. Oh, uh, yeah. It's impossible. It's really, really hard. I've it's listened impossible. to it because it's on the radio. It's what's popular now. These guys are millionaires. Well, and that's, and that's where 
I differ from a lot of people. I don't turn the radio on. Well, I listen to the radio, but I also have my phone, and I put my headphones in my ear. And this is what the the great liberation of the 22nd century, or 23rd or 29th, wherever we are in time, <laughs> is that I can listen to whatever I want, whenever I want. Yeah. If I want to listen to The Red-Headed Stranger by Willie Nelson, I can listen to that, and then I can listen to Orgy right after it. Not that I was a big fan, but there's a couple of tunes I like, or I can listen to Duran Duran, or I could listen to... Uh, uh, St. Paul and the Broken Bones, the Night Sweats, all these bands that I really like. Bird Cloud. You got to listen to Bird Cloud. No, I don't know that one. It's these two women that sing sing songs about being drunk places and doing jacked up stuff. It's just two women that play songs that are pretty funny. Sounds cool. Not funny, but like, well, yeah, funny and true, and they sing serious stuff too. <laughs> so that was a run. But anyway... I like it. It just depends on how far you want to go. There's so much music. You've brought up an impossible category. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. To speak about. Um, but right now, I think I think my crush, um, as far as music, is going back to my roots and listening to those old tunes, like War Pigs, like with the with the record pops. Yeah. Like the original pressing sounds. Not that I have a record player anymore, but you can find them on the internet. And even though you're listening to it digitally, it's recorded, you know, the old yeah. recording. So the best you can get. Yeah, especially if you find a good, like one of the new good yeah. lossless recordings, yeah. where you still get that that that, that really gnarly low end. I like people from, that write a good song records. and then take a good picture, but they're insane. Yeah, and Ozzy is that guy. <laughs> Ozzy definitely Ozzy is, that, is that, guy. that guy. So I mean, I like that. And then uh, you know, I mean, believe it or not, if you listen to uh, Paul McCartney, just his solo stuff, and is a fan, he can play everything, everything, um, and two. He's a fantastic songwriter. He figured out how to write the tunes. You know, kind of the four chord tunes with the flat. You know, he can drop down and give you a key change and then come back to your four chords. He's got the, the mystery. Um, I, in my CD player in my truck right now, I have Michael Jackson's Dangerous. Oh, I have the record. That's a great, a record. great record. Um, so I listen to everything because, you know, at some point you become that. So I, I would I would I would listen to that. It's just you know me. I'm, right now it just I'm the guy that's always striving for the new. I'm always looking for something I've new. I've looked it up, and if you th- throw into your taskbar and your in your search bar like new metal or new my, my music, you're gonna sift, sift. You're gonna sift. You're gonna find some good stuff. You really are gonna find some good stuff. I found some Mexican death metal that's freaking insane, <laughs> but. Uh, I don't know the language, so I have to look at the translation, and this is some dark stuff, right? But uh, just be, I mean, I never stopped loving it. I just stopped being able to do it, yeah. um, which is sad. Like, uh, the it's band I've been listening to here lately is a, is a little band called Issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, the best way i describe them... Had a and, dog named Issues. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the best way I've described them so far to people, because they're like, Issues, what's it like? The best way I can describe it, it's a metal band with yeah. an R and B singer. Oh, that's pretty cool, dude! It's think about if like with runs like rhythm and blues, R and B singer metal. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you hear some here here later, but it's dude. Yeah, it does it for me. You know, and then I let people hear, it and they're like, "Oh, I don't know about that." I was like, it's, "It's something I've always looked for. It's a band that I always wanted to kind of wanted to be in." It's kind of the direction of the bands that we wanted to start when we were younger was this band with progressive music 
but with a really soulful like R&B singer, these crazy like poppy runs. And I wanted to be able to sing and write the way I wanted to with the music that I appreciated. I never really found it. Even when we were in bands, uh, the music was what y'all played, and I eventually loved it, but the song in my head didn't sound that way. So what I had to do was kind of augment the way I was horribly singing to what, what y'all were playing. But you have to remember the way those songs were written, that it was never from the origin. And the problem that I always had with is I had to keep like figuring it out in my head. Because I can, I mean, still, I can write a tune to anything. It does not, I, it's a gift that I have. I can write a song to anything. Um, but can I perform it? Like if you made a pop tune on a keyboard, I could write words to I it. I think when you finally broke that wall and could perform the way we were performing, it was magical. I it thought was, it was good. I didn't think it was bad. I'm just thinking, I'm just sad that it fell apart the way it did, as most bands do. 90% of bands, probably yeah. even more than that. I'm going to say it's in the 97, 96 percentile of bands that fall apart because of Willie got married and uh, we have to worry about Joseph Bass addiction and, and every, all that yeah. crap. Um, I mean, that that's just the, the, the uphill. The sophomore slump is an uphill battle. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, and I went back and listened to our stuff here a couple of weeks ago. I went back and it had like a day. It was like it was like a bound by everything, just day. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would go back, I would listen to our, our four song LP or EP over and over and over. I'd listen, I'd go back and I'd watch the YouTube videos that I put together, uh, a couple of the live videos that were shot. Just magical. It was fun. We had momentum. The thing was, if we could have held it together, we'd have been all right. But mm-hmm. at this point right now, let's say four, <clears throat> four years, we could have we could have been doing tours, uh, small tours, yeah. not headlining. We'd have been openers. But, I mean, that's money. No. We, we could I have mean, done it. Dude, we that was four it. years ago. Four years ago. I mean, if we were still going today, yeah, we'd be on we'd the be road. Fine. We'd be fine. We'd be on the road. But, I mean, that's there's no bitterness. There used to be. Uh, because of the, how much you want it and how much you try yeah. and but my, all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, my whole, my whole day of that was just going back and realizing just how brilliant that stuff was. I had a gift, and we all had a gift. And my gift wasn't like singing or playing guitar, which I can do, but I'm not the best. I can write a tune. Give me a second. What do you, what do you have? Let me hear what you have. I don't care what it is. If it's reggae, if it's fine. I proved that with uh, with Jake. We made that twenty-two song song with it. it had all sorts of different yeah. styles in it. And of course, he went back and spent eleven months mastering it or whatever he did, and it came out like garbage because he just didn't have the setup or the know-how. But not that he's a bad dude. Um, it's just one of those things that happened that way. Um, so I mean, left to my own devices, whatever the the feeling that I have is like, hey, look, I got this tune. Whatever the feeling I have, that's what kind of song that's going to be. And we'll just move on from there. I always wanted to kind of be in a band where I could say what I wanted to say and have the music sound like I felt it when I said it, which is almost impossible. Yeah. So. Unless you're doing, unless you're Phil Collins. Unless I'm doing, unless you're doing everything yourself. But I wanted something that was kind of like Alice in Change that every once in a while would have a mandolin or a squeeze box or something. And not a harmonica, but something that could be just as crunchy and hard and say the same premise of things. And mean it just as emphatically, but also have something musically that was not pensive, comforting, satisfying. Well, that's what Alice in Chains was to me. Some of their endings of their songs will make you go, 
you have a huge yeah. exhale because it comes up to this fantastic pitch and then just releases you back into the streets. You know? Yeah. So, From the kitchen table to the street. That's right. So, I mean, I, I appreciate that. It just depends on where we're going. I'm listening to everything now. Um, I've listened to uh, Pink's coming through. Uh, Pink is coming to the, the dome. Yeah. I, yeah I'll, I'll so stay what? home for that. But I wanna, I'm want i going to stay home, too. But my whole point is, is like, does she have a new something? I like to hear a new something. I haven't heard anything on the radio. But I listen to oldies on the radio anyway. But I'd like to hear what she's got new. I like stuff like that. I like to hear where it's going because there's some disastrously bad things happening in music right now. Jeez. And it's becoming like a... If two planets... If Earth had ears <laughs> and two planets wanted to those ears to death, that's what's happening. <laughs> it's like a pandering mishmash of corporate vomit of several chords talking about how you can be anything or what I mean or uh, 40s big screen TVs and blunts or whatever I got it I got it I had it in the 90s <laughs> but yeah. now it's it's become so superfluous but there's still good guys and good ladies and good groups out there you just have to okay it's jumping in the dumpster Behind the steakhouse and wallowing around just with your mouth and trying to find <laughs> one steak that doesn't have a bite out of it. <laughs> That's all it is. I mean, yeah. it's like, but every once in a while, you find it. Like, I've always wanted to be, uh, I, I, like, my last dish effort to go into that besides writing, which I, I submitted to a, a writer thing, and it turns out it was a scam. They wanted me to pay to have it, but they strung me along for a while, so I wrote like mad for a while, and I got several thousand words in my book. Anyway, they you know it turned out to be a scam, but for a while it was a dream coming to fruition, which is a really boast like a really hopeful thing for me. So I mean, like all the things that I want to do, I can't do because financially it's just not feasible. It's like I could be a comedian, but I'm not I'm not in front of people funny. Yeah, parking lot funny. I'm funny in the parking lot around the truck. Parking lot funny. Podcast funny. I'm not I'm not funny in front of people. I'm nervous in front of people, and I'm vicious. I could do a Henry Rollins thing. I could talk like we were talking now, just about weird stuff. It doesn't mean you're going to laugh. I'm just telling you weird shit. Yeah. So, um, but I listen to a lot of comedy, and it's a dream of mine. I would like to do something like a spoken word, but not poetry, where I'm just speaking and writing. But, that, but yeah, I mean, I get you. But that's that up, get up there and and tell your story. I tell could, a I story. I could do it if I was sitting just like this, and I could smoke. Yeah. And sit here and just drink and smoke and rattle off. No problem. It happened. It happened all. It happened for hours. I've seen it happen for hours. We've done it for hours. That's just the thing. It's like, where's your? Where do your dreams go? We got music. We got food. All the jobs you've had. All the jobs I've had in our lives have swelled around to become a complete and mystical, like an amalgamation of a bunch of experience. Correct. And here, like pushing forty, or you know, on the on the tip. On the cusp. On the cusp. We're going forward. What do you do? Yeah, we grind. We make some money. Pay some bills. Hang out. Work our asses off. Take care of our people. That's... Yeah, but is it enough for an artist? It's not. It's not. So it's not. And that's that's the thing I cannot get a lot of people to understand. Bitters. And why it's so important for me to be here today. Mm. Is that I need to... 
as a person, as a as an artist, as a as a how did I describe it one time? As a creationalist. Yeah. I need to create. I need to put my voice out there, whether it's holding a guitar or talking into this microphone right now. Or listen to you talking to your or microphone. You want to be heard, and it's important. Everybody wants to. It's be not heard. even. It's not even. Well, what do you want to say? It's Sometimes, not even that I want to be heard. It's that I need to get it out of me. It's like I got a really good. No, I understand, and it's it's a really good kind of setup. All right, you get the big podium in front of the, not the White House, but some big arena. People come in, and they file in, and you're sitting in the wings, right? A bunch of people come in, and you get up, and you're in a suit. A nice suit. Something you would never wear. Something that makes you uncomfortable. But it's fitted to you. Everybody comes up. And you're waiting. And they announce you. And you come out. And you lean forward to the mic. Fuck you. Sometimes you just have one thing to say. Yeah. To an entire era of people. But other times you have so much to say. And I've written songs about this. And I've written blurbs about this. I wouldn't call it poetry. I'd call it kind of throwing up as I fall asleep. But <laughs> as you as you, as you approach it that way, I found that you have so much to say that not that you want everybody to hear it, that you want ever you want the uh the what's it called? The recompense. You want somebody to fire back. But you don't want to do it in front of the cannons. Now digitally you have the ability to say whatever you want. And then if they send messages you can fire back. It brings everybody together. So, quite frankly, we could do a serious show. We could do a food show. We could do a comedy show. Whatever we're doing right now. The kitchen table to the streets. It's the whatever show. So whenever it comes up, you can send a message back to those persons. And don't be like, oh, well, fuck you. Your cat's going to die on the fire. Not that. I'm talking about you can respond intelligently or you can leave it alone. Comments are comments. So... I think it's a really good outlet for everybody. And I think everybody should have a podcast because everybody wants to contribute a verse. Everybody wants to be heard. Even if they're talking about uh, essential oils or the beads they made for sale on their website. Uh, any of that stuff. I think that's I think that's the way humanity is going. That's the way we're rolling. Yeah. And eventually we'll all be talking to each other through one way or the other. Which I think it basically supports a theory I have about eventual connection to a super consciousness. And we all have, that's a little weird, but bear with me. We are all the same thing looking through different windows. Yeah. So, um, eventually, you know, we all like music. There's a, there, there could be a hundred people listening. like black Sabbath sucks or screw white zombie. All those people have voices. You see what I'm saying? From the same mind, like a hive mind. So, well, not exactly an insect hive of mine, but you get what I'm, what I'm saying. Yeah. So as we're going through it, you get the vindication of saying what you want to say and talking to a buddy that you've known for a thousand years. So you're in a safe place. You know if anybody kicks in the door now, and i got like 12 rounds that I can just put right in them right now. You know, and I, I, I won't even lose sleep. <laughs> you know, so it's a, it's a safe place where you can say whatever you want to say. And when the, when the fallout comes, you can stand up to it. And if you have to, you can stand up all the way. And that's important. I think podcast is the way of the future. That's the way all radio... It kind of came in a weird full circle from radio to, hey, thanks for tuning in to KKPS. Yeah. We're going, well, no, it came into a, a spot to where well, we're... To get back to it, that's... The reason I'm here is I need that. Just like we needed to get together in that band, re- in that band room twice a week. Well, Just like we needed to walk out on stage... 
that was some of the best best shows of my life. And even when I was bent out of shape, and I was so nervous and so sick about it, because you know what it was? You wanted to say what you wanted to say and not be judged for how you felt. I felt that way when I wrote those tunes. Yeah. And I got out what I wanted to get out, but I didn't want anybody to judge me negatively for the way I felt about it because the way I felt was just as valid. Not to say I was an angel. I've done wrong in a lot of those situations. Well, I wanted so- to tell you about what I did wrong and have you not judge me for it, just saying this is what happened. But with the with the same thing as the podcast, you have to get out there and get it out of you. Mm-hmm. And every night when you walk, every time we played at the end of the night when you walk off stage, you felt better because you got it out of you. I did feel better, and that's why every gig we played, every normal, I, every gig we played, I walked on the stage with everything and left with nothing. I tried. And it's, yeah, I. And that's <laughs> you know, I, I need a, I need a new way, and that's part of the reason I'm here is is to empty the tank. To well, we dump, do I have to dump the chamber. I'm gonna do this. I think we need. And I, yeah, anyway, I gotta fine do tune it. it. But now the way it's set up, like with our little setup here, I feel a lot more comfortable doing it this way than we did it previous. That's yeah, right. this is this way is more great. Yeah, I feel like. Um, matter of fact, if we could even uh, move these down and closer to where they were not in the line of sight, whatever you want. I'm not gonna do it now. I'm just saying in. in in the future, yeah. do it now and just ignore it and just talk about whatever you want to talk about because that, uh, we could be funny. We've proven that. <laughs> you know I mean, I mean, look at my like, butt. <laughs> why do you have that tail pin? You know what? Never mind. <laughs> pasty? It's a glittery oval in your, you know what? Let's talk about it. I sat on a donut. <laughs> Glitter donut? You know what? Never mind. That's your new name now, baby. <laughs> It's a galaxy donut. Who? <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think uh, you know. Well, winking enough. at you or blinking at you. You'll never know. So bad. It's like I threw up etouffee through my nose once, and that's what it, that's what it reminds me. You know, Bridget, you hold a vomit in your mouth, and you know you're holding it, but your body knows it's coming out. It has an excess. So it's like, back door, blah, not back door, but front door, but back door. Upper floor. How about that? He comes out. It's a top floor. Penthouse. I've got, I have, I've, <laughs> I have now got cayenne. On my soft palate. Oh, God. Remember that time I got that corn? I, mean, you had, <laughs> I told that story the other day and I couldn't stop. God, laughing. it was so bad. I was eating you corn. Got no, it was the, all right. We were fishing. It wasn't that, okay, I'll, 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 I'll tell you what I laughed at and then we'll Tarantino it. We'll go back and tell the story. I'll tell you what, what made me laugh so hard. And I know it was horribly uncomfortable for you, but for you to turn to me with these tears in your eyes and, and say the phrase, I've got niblets in my soft palate. <laughs> I don't know why to this day. So it still dude. cracks me up. I don't know up. how it happened. I, I had boiled, what is it, some, some boiled corn? Some barbecue or some, yeah. Some corn from yeah, a barbecue corn, or something. Yeah. And we were, out, we were fishing out in the Gulf. And uh, I just decided to have a corn snack. <laughs> Apparently, I'm that country. Corn snack will suffice. <laughs> We're out here on the water. Let's eat corn. <laughs> so I'm eating corn. I remember eating it in a couple of bites. I inhaled and I threw the cob into the ocean and I inhaled and all the corn, instead of going down my throat, went directly and did a U-turn up onto my soft palate. And it was, I had like, 
these moist, cold ball bearings inside my head. <laughs> I remember you were just... And I was snotting, and I was just trying to get them out of my head. And eventually, just corn was shooting out of my nose, and I got it all out. And I was like, it was a traumatic thing. And I remember walking up and being like, dude, are you all right? And that was the phrase you hit me with. I got niblets on my softball. And <laughs> there has never been a more true statement. When somebody tells you they have something on their softball, just listen. Just believe them. Just go with it. Hell, you look at me, dude, with tears in your eyes, like, I got nibbles in my soft palate. It broke me. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but it just I coughed all that me. shit out, and I drank some water, and just, I eventually started snorting water, and yeah. blowing it out of my face, and blowing yeah. it out of my face, and eventually I was fine. I started drinking at 1045 in the morning that day. I remember. Me and Danny. And then we went back home. And I stayed. And you didn't want to go to the yeah, was, evening fish. I was tired. Yeah, it was hot, man. You stayed, and me and him went out, and this is what we did. We rode around that big barrier island in the back. Well, nobody knows what I'm talking about. There's this little place that we go. It's out in the Gulf that we went fishing, and it was fun, man. We didn't catch really anything, but we went we went fishing. It was fun. We went out. The coolest thing about the entire trip is about sunset, we were heading down Southwest Canal back to the camp, right? Well, it faces directly west, so we're, we're racing the sunset. And then you're going fast enough away from the sunset, you turn and look, and just like in the movies, you can see the sun mm-hmm. moving. You can see it sinking. <coughs> so that's what we did. <coughs> we stopped. I slowed down. We stopped. We cracked with cold when we sat there and drank. just looked at it. And then we hammered back on it, turned around and looked and watched the sun get fat. It goes fast when you're going fast. It was cool. Except for the niblets. That my hoo-ha. <laughs> that wasn't no good, dude. That was a traumatic thing. It's a shocking experience. Yeah, dude. I just I was telling that story the other day because somebody said something about corn and niblets, and I just busted out laughing and a, had to tell the whole story. Hard thing to deal with. <coughs> <coughs> I got a story about other things that I should tell, but I won't say that for the next podcast. Yes, it sir. Was, it was rough. Me and food and. Out in places where there's no way you can wash up and clean off is it's just it's notorious. Just a horror story. <laughs> notorious. I once ate a bologna sandwich in high seas with Cheetos on it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Bear with me. And the seas got worse, and I started get. I don't get seasick, but I started getting seasick. So I started throwing up liquefied Cheetos and bologna through my oh, nose. Oh God, dude! In high seas, so no matter how much you throw up, you can't stop. Yeah, I just turned green. I was just sick. I think at some point I just laid down on the floor, just sloshing back and forth, just ready to die. It was actually, it's a semen story. <laughs> Farewell to do you fair Spanish ladies. <laughs> I was gone, dude. It was bad. And that happened a lot. Yeah, I got over it. But uh, even though I'm going out to the Gulf now, I've been fishing five times this summer. And every time, if I go out and that wind starts kicking up and that waves start getting bad, I'm going back inside. Going back. Not to the house. I'll go inside to the barrier islands where I can't. Where where it's not beating you to death. Because that's a that's a 22-foot boat. And it can take whatever. And I fish hard. I, that's just my personality. But it's just, uh, it's how much are you willing to take? You know what I mean? Yeah. How how much how much torture am I going to put myself through? <clears throat> but I mean, now's the time, so I'm planning a trip. Oh, here dude, soon. I got. I went, I went back through my phone the other day and got and saw and found all those pictures, all that video I took. 
I forgot about the video. Yeah. I knew you took pics, but I don't remember no video. Oh, yeah, I got video. I you got send that pics. stuff to me yeah. so I can look at it. At one point, jackassed around. When I first got my Mac, I, I, I was putting together an iMovie of all of it. Yeah. And that, that got lost along the way. I had to replace the hard drive, lost all of it, but I still we, have it all. We need so. to look at my, oh, uh, I made some trailers nice. for some movies on iMovie. Uh, I made three, actually. Um, cause I, like, I got that movie written and it's gonna be a short. Dude, this is not a movie. I can do it in a, now that I know how the, the software works. If I can get my, my importance, I can do it a day. Yeah. It's so short. Cause, you know, you can write, 2,000, 5,000, 7,000 words, and it'd be done in minutes, you yeah. know? So, yeah, dialogue's quick when it's off the page. Not just yeah. dialogue, but I mean, scenario, if you got all the set set up, you kind of run through it. I made those trailers with existing photographs and videos in minutes. So, I mean, I was like, oh, that's how it works. I should have looked into this years ago. Because I wrote that movie, and I was like, hey, you want to you wanna be a part of the movie? Everyone, I had like seven people that said yeah, and then it just faded away. Same thing we're recording, well, I didn't man. Start, I I didn't start, been, we should have been doing I, this years ago. I couldn't keep smashing it. I expected, like always, that somebody else would be like, hey, we're going to do that. But that's never happened. It's going to be. It's up to you. Yeah. If you want it to happen, you got to do something. And that was the same way with the band. It's the same way with this podcast. It's the same way with the movie or the book or anything. And I tried. Yeah. And I'm so still right. About the podcast, man. I'm tired of talking about it. Let's do it. Yeah. And there's no reason not to do it. And now what we're here, and we've do. been talking for almost two hours. That's cool. I mean, I mean, it's a preliminary podcast. You know, we're trying it out again for the first time. <laughs> so we're trying to taste it again for the first time. <laughs> so, that's what she said. So we're gonna uh, gonna do that. But what you would do is you give yourself a hook. It's the same thing I have to do. So. um this is really silly. Let's say I need to write, right? Well, I got to sit at the computer to do so. Yeah. So when I that night, I leave my keys in my wallet over there by the computer. I have to go there, just like the weight bench in my room. Not that I work out much, but when I do work out, I have to pat the weight bench is right by my bed. I have to walk past it. That's why I started taking my guitar out of the case. That's right. Same thing's happening with me. I played the other day. I'm not great, but I can still rock out some tunes, you know? So... With this, what you need to do is get your setup and do something that you wouldn't normally do. Like, see this mic? You put it in your zipper case, put it in your book sack or whatever you do. Take that mic and sit it in your treasure drawers and leave it out. It's right. You'll see it all well, the time. You know I, what I mean? Got a, I got a better one. What I'm doing now is it's always with me. You can do that. It's if you, always in my back. That's cool. So you know if I mean? I'm like, if hey, you man. Got your, if you got your Mac set up, you can, you can podcast anywhere. Yeah. So I mean, we could. We I could mean, throw yeah, back, I had a little bit of a technical throw slip back up to the earlier. Six fifty five. I think we should throw the throw that one on that was super popular as a Wonderland Wasteland episode down the round. Uh, I did Dever, De- when I made my uh, trailers for the movies. It's all Dead Beaver Productions. You remember nice. that? Hey, so we're still Blame Yourself Productions. I talked to Legal Zoom the other day about making Blame Yourself Blame Yourself Productions real. There's no reason not to. The whole point is if we can stay on it. I don't have a problem staying on. I have a problem forcing other people to adhere to my will. Yeah. Because apparently I'm not the Dark Lord. And I recently found that out, which was was very upsetting. Now, was it? I'm a very good man. I'm just a very bad wizard. (laughs) So, um, being a lich, (laughs) I have to figure out a way to, it's like, hey, let's do this this time. And of course, it's like herding cats to get anybody to do anything. Yeah. 
Uh, especially now, because everybody's got their own agenda. At one point, there was nothing to do but stuff you wanted to. Now everyone's got their agenda. So when you set a day, it's like, we're going to do this every day this day. Okay, I'll give you three weeks. And after that happens, it's going to be, well, i got to milk my tires because there's milk in them. <laughs> Why don't you fill your tires with milk? I didn't. i got to go by. Click. You know, <laughs> it's going to be something. It's always something. So it just, like I said, depends on how far you're willing to take it. This being one of the easiest things you can do and one of the most probable things you can do if you do it well. Yeah. Um, and how can you fuck up talking? I mean, we're doing it right now. Yeah, I mean, we're... But this is like the inaugural, not really inaugural, because we had a podcast before. Yeah, but this is our new podcast. That's right. It's a podcast. We've, I can't say we've matured at all, because, no. I mean, look at look I at. Mean, I think the Wonder Woman uh, Wasteland episodes need to happen. Like, if we have to chop and throw in <clears throat> clips every once I in a while. Well, I mean, well, I'll give us, Just for you the know, sake. five or six episodes in, I'll start throwing in that's stuff fun. like that. The that's old 55.5 episode. Just throw it out, and that's a good hand-me-down if we can't meet up when we. Yeah. You have that, and just throw it. Not the crappy ones, just the ones that everyone loves, which was more the one. <laughs> the Marcy episode. Yeah. I personally love that old that old Duddy episode, that's, that's, which is still up on, on iTunes. Well, I mean, if it's on iTunes, you can plug it, and maybe somebody will listen to it. I don't know if it'll matter, but... I'm all about to announce her from the kitchen table. To the street. To the street. No, I can understand that, but I mean, like, uh, I guess it depends on how far you want to go. Well, my original idea for this podcast was this you know sit down and and do basically what we did today but you know uh also have you know other people come in with us you know and sit and talk it's not necessarily a big um, deal it's not a necessity either no because we've already proven an hour and 44 in well we, we know how do, to do this we can do that but i mean we could also do it where it was just you and somebody else and it was just me and somebody else yeah. Or we could do it together with somebody else all the time. The problem is you don't want to step on somebody else. That's that's the things that I've heard. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, as do so I. Hours and hours and hours a week. you don't want to step on it, but does it matter if you're not? I'll share this with somebody. It'll be easy. And that was the biggest issue with the uh, Me, You, and Duddy episode. When it was Me, You, and Duddy, it was on point. It was on key. It was funny. With that fourth man in, it was just, it was a cluster. It yeah. happens. So what? You roll with it. It's the other thing talking. is, I'm never yeah. going to like establish a bunch of set of rules to a bunch of people sitting around talking. Well, no, but it's at the same time, time, at the same time, it's a podcast. We are recording. You mm-hmm. know, if someone's talking, we are either listening or talking with them or interjecting, not just running our mouths in the background. No, I understand, but I think some of that is necessary. Uh, I mean, like when somebody goes off on a tangent, it's your natural inclination to be like, <gasps> yeah. Clam up, you and listen, let it ride. And you listen and see what happens, and then maybe you comment, maybe you have a window to comment. If it's a conversation, like a normal discourse, but if it's not, you just listen to that crazy torpedo hit its target, yeah. and then if you got background noise... I mean, we aren't Smodcast, we aren't Nerdist, we aren't, you know, well, no. I mean, we're more like Smodcast than anything. We're two guys sitting around talking about... I don't think we're like any of that. I think we got our own thing going, because we, we don't have the confines of talking about a specific thing. I guess they evolved to not have that. I'm talking about whatever we want. I'm talking yeah. about what we want. I can talk about how there's roaches living in that couch. <laughs> I'm not joking. The I'm fat not, guy that I love dearly, by the way, <laughs> that lived on that couch, poisoned the couch with his body. <laughs> now roaches live in it, and I have to spray the insides of that couch for roaches. Why don't you just Excuse throw me. it out? <laughs> <laughs> because I won't have anywhere to sit. We have a couch, right? 
That's the couch I sleep on. No. I mean, <laughs> the 1950s couch is a straight back couch. It's more of a den couch. So it's like to sit and talk about the Mets or, you know, whatever. And then I'm like, oh, really? Have a, a cherry jubilee. And then you <laughs> get out of my damn den. That's what kind of couch that yeah. is. This couch has been broken. And when you sit on it, it's the most uncomfortable couch you've ever sit on. We destroyed it with our asses and a fat, bulbous, DeLorean time-stripping body of hate. <laughs> so we, uh, that got destroyed, so it's really uncomfortable. But anyway, like eventually, we'll just rooms to go. We'll pay it off, and I'll just have the Oriental Fountain. Whatever. <laughs> so, you know, going that way, because I'm getting out of here. This is not a bad place. It's just, I've outgrown it. Indeed. It looks like me in here, though. It really does. It's just time for it to not look like me anymore. And now it needs to look like it's uncontrollably on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not joking. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I think we're doing pretty good. I think we, you know, we said what we needed to say at this point. Not that there was anything that we needed to say, but uh, topics are a point as long as we don't plan. But i got to go to the bathroom. Before I have to go to the bathroom, I'm going to stop at the kitchen table. And take it to the, to streets. the streets. Simple enough, right? That's it. You don't like it. Blame yourself.